Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Train Smart podcast for medical educators, where we have authentic conversations about med device training successes, failures, and best practices. I'm your host, Liz Cumby. In this week's episode, Rachel and I will be reflecting on our conversation with Dallas about field training. In particular, we're talking about how to best prepare field trainers. Let's start with a short snippet from that conversation. I think first and foremost, it's important that you have a train the trainer because how do you adequately prepare them to be out training new hires if you haven't first trained them and you can't make the assumption that they just have this magical talent that they know exactly what to do and what to say and how to say it and when to say it with a new hire. So I think preparing them and having a a train the trainer, a very formal train the trainer program is first and foremost, and then making sure that you're giving them examples of what good looks like and then setting those expectations. A lot of times, if you just push out a written curriculum, you're leaving it up to their open interpretation. And so their interpretation of how they say, do, or verbalize something may be completely different than how you and the marketing team intended the the curriculum to be utilized. So that's important as well as giving them the examples. If it's a, if it's a objection handling, then put them through the exercise. We do that all the time where we'll bring them into a sales meeting. We'll do a train the trainer. And if we're going to have them do an objection handling session, we put them through that session. So that way they know what it's supposed to sound like. And then I think you've got to be out in the field with them and really watching them in their element to see if they're utilizing the tools. So Liz, what's your favorite way to prepare field trainers for their training of these new reps in the field? I think it's first setting expectations with the field trainers via email of what this training program actually is. Um, We tend to just think they know what field training is. And then we say, oh, we need you to come and take a course or do a train the trainer. And so I think the first thing that needs to happen is really just establishing, here's the field training program. Here's what we expect. Here's what we're hoping that you can do. And here's what we're committing to doing as well. And I think that's best done in an intro email before you even start to bring them together in person or even virtually. Yeah. And I really appreciate the kickoff call too, because I find sometimes they don't read those emails of what you actually say and are preparing them for. And so I think even just a 15 minute kickoff call with the group to kind of set expectations, answer any questions, uh, encourage them that you've chosen them as a field trainer because of their ability, I think is a great way to, to start it off as well and really set those expectations and what their role is. Yes. And I should probably have prefaced this saying that this is already assuming they've accepted the position. They know financially what's involved in it. They know the time commitment. So that's totally like a separate conversation. What we're focusing on today is preparing them to actually be field trainers. Once they kind of already know that basic logistics, brass tacks type stuff. Um, so yeah, I agree with you reading emails, um, it's few and far between, especially if there's a lot of text in there, not because they're not able to, it's just sales reps have so much going on in their day and they're driven by um, dollars and cents versus like spending time on technology, um, doing company stuff that's not really moving the needle. So yeah, I agree. So we do a email, we do a kickoff call. And I think the kickoff call, um, what I found is you have to have it at several different times. So you could try and get everybody all on one call, but generally what I'll do is two different kickoff calls. So giving them like an East coast time zone and a West coast time zone. And it's awesome if everyone can be there, but if not, like then they have um, other options. I don't think it's a 
I don't think it should be okay for them to miss it though. So it's either one or the other, or you have to do a one-on-one. So not just bypassing saying, Hey, you know what? I can't be a part of that. Um, there has to be some sort of one-on-one communication and dialogue to transmit the information that you want them to know. Yeah, that's a great point And a really important piece of setting expectations at that outset. Yeah, and I would say, so you do your email, you do your kickoff call, and then I do think it should be mandatory to have some sort of train the trainer. And I think it first has to start with understanding just how adults learn. So we want to go straight into content and say, okay, here's what we want you to do. Here's the checklist. Here's all the items that they need to be aware of. Here's the technology they need to be able to know how to use. But I think it's really important, especially as educators, that's something that's ingrained in us from the beginning. We know like how adults learn, how to relay information, how to facilitate. But this is something that generally our field trainers, that's not what they're spending every day doing. So I like to kind of level set and give them a little bit of adult learning theory and really kind of putting it in their shoes of, okay, remember when you were a new learner, what are the things that worked for you? It wasn't somebody throwing up on you. And so just kind of getting them to get back to that beginner's mindset allows us to really develop them as field educators. Yeah. And those are definitely things that when we stop and think about it are going to be definitely common sense to us, but something that is really, really helpful to be reminded of when all of a sudden you have somebody new putting on these educator shoes and they haven't done it before or in a while, right? To understand that adults, they, they want to be involved in the process and they want it to be based on experience, which I think is what field training is so great for. And then they really care about that relevance, right? How is it applicable to my life? And then it being problem-centered and field training really leads itself well to these Knowles four principles of andragogy because it really helps them have the real world experience for their job moving forward, which is really the basis of what field training is. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I do think it's something that we forget because it's so ingrained in us. And I think it's something that the reps really, I'm sorry, the field trainers really enjoy learning about because they are unconsciously competent about this. We want them to be consciously competent on how people learn because we already know they're consciously competent on their, on their actual job, on how to sell, how to cover a case, how to train a physician. They all know, like we know they went through a training course. We know that they know that they're their quota shows that all of everything that they're doing is showing them that they are really well-educated in that space. And so getting them to be very well-educated on the training space will make them even stronger in the field. Yeah, I agree. And I think it is though helpful at the same time to center them a little bit with a checklist of items that you're expecting them to review throughout the process. Because if you just say, teach them everything, you know, it can be a little bit of a wide and vast black hole of information. And so really to keep them centered with that checklist, I really like it being a printed checklist as well. So it is something tactile they can have in front of them of things to review or items to have this new rep shadow, things like that, that can really center them on like, these are the must-haves. And then there's all of these additional things that can happen along the way as well. Yeah. I really like having a checklist. And what I like to do is embed that into that 
e-learning module that I generally like to do for adult learning. If I have, I want to talk about adult learning, but I also want them to kind of absorb it on their own. And so by doing that, I also put in there the checklist and I give them a prompt to download the PDF, to print it out so that they have that both on their computers, their iPads, as well as physically in their hands, because they do tend to get overwhelmed thinking they have to teach them everything. And if the program was designed well, they're not going to have to go from soup to nuts. They really should have just certain curriculum that they're teaching because the rest of the curriculum is going to be taught at different phases of the educational process. What about when, after they've done the e-learning, what do you like to have them do next? So from there, I like to verify just product teaching knowledge, not that they know the product, but how are you teaching it? And what I mean by that is as we bring in field trainers, most of them have been in the field upward of a year, two years, and they've developed their own style. But unfortunately, as a new learner, their style and what we're teaching in-house often vary a little bit because there's regional variation, there's physician variation, and there's just like the longevity of being a part of a company that allows you to kind of have a little bit more leeway in how your talk track has been developed. And so what I like to do is ensure that everyone's kind of teaching the same thing with the same talk track regardless of regional variation. And so I'll do more of a train the trainer where I have them physically go through and do the role plays, do the exams, um, do a presentation session for us to ensure that we're all doing the same thing. And what that allows us to do is get feedback from the field trainers of like, you know what, we really shouldn't be doing it this way. Or alternatively, they say, you know what, I really should go back to doing that. I used to do that, but I forgot. And now I'm going to go back and do that. Yeah, I think that's a great point and an important piece, especially if you are not teaching in your classroom training for the new reps, the things that you're asking the field trainers to be covering, because that really helps with that standardization and making sure that everybody has the same level of information moving forward. Yeah, and the other thing that I like to do is um, quarterly advanced trainings for the field trainers. I like them to just be updated, whether it's on an adult earning topic or if it's on some sort of product iteration or new messaging. I like to have that available for our field trainers so that we can focus on things that are really relevant during that quarter, but not, not too much. Really, it's just like a quick touch base, you know, 45 minute, here's our field trainers, let's get together. And that really allows us to um, make sure that we're keeping on track with messaging as well as with adult learning principles. Yeah, I think that's great and really helps you continue to focus them as well in what their role is and how they can best support the organization and these new reps. And I think to get feedback from them on how the new reps are responding in the field and what it's like for them and what other training gaps there might be along the way. And I also would advise not to do anything in Q4. So if you're doing <laughs> quarterly trainings, do them for Q1, 2, and 3. And if you're doing it Q1, do it middle of Q1 in middle of Q2, middle of Q3, and nothing in Q4. Um, I found that our field trainers tend to be very distracted in Q4, and that generally doesn't sit well for um, absorbing new information or being very um, engaged in what we're trying to do. I think one of the things that we like to do in in-person and virtual training is to role play the situation between the field trainer and the new rep. Any best practices you can give us of how to set the stage for that role play, how to create a real experience, how to get these field trainers invested in doing a role play experience? Yeah, what I actually like to do is use that opportunity when they are doing role plays to record them. 
and not record them for their own sake, but record them for our future learners in that they're going to model best practices. They're going to model what good looks like. And so having, if you're going to have them role play, make sure you have that recorded so that you can use that in further content that you're trying to develop. Yeah, that's great. And even can make it a bit of a competition in that way as well, right? Who can have the best one that we can use moving forward as well. Absolutely. And then the last thing that I like to do, as with any educational program that I put together, is have some sort of reinforcement program. And as we know, reps are very busy in the field. And so what I do is after they attend the train the trainer course, whether virtual or in person, I do a weekly tip reinforcement email and it could either be a podcast. It could be just an audio clip that you send to them, or it could be just two or three sentences, just re-emphasizing the points that you want to remember. So for example, one of the things that we did is we sent something saying, remember you are a kinesthetic learner. So when you're teaching your field reps, make sure you're allowing them to touch, feel, and hold the product. Because what we've seen is that field trainers will do all of it and then not realize they're the ones actually setting it up where if in order for your brain to actually absorb that information, you need to physically be doing it yourself. So sending those tips, even though it's like a quick, like two second read, they actually found it very helpful. I think the two second reads are the one we read, right? So doing it nice and short and sweet is a great and easy win for both sides. Agree. Anything you do to prep field trainers for field rides? You know, I do have a a great or a feedback sheet. I shouldn't say grading sheet that I've created for them where it allows them to kind of be looking for certain skills that they're hoping that their new hire would be developing. Um, And I think that allows them to create this dialogue uh, as they're going along of saying, you did this well, you need this area of improvement. And then also having some sort of record to send back to the trainers as well as to the managers showing like, wow, this person's really excelling here. And when you bring them into in-house training, here's what you should do. Or when you bring them into advanced training, here's the things that you should focus on. And so really giving them that leadership opportunity to voice, like, here's what I'm seeing. Here's some red flags. Here's some green go lights. So I think that's really helpful for um, field trainers so that they, even though they don't want to do more paperwork, sometimes it's nice to have that written documentation so that they feel like they are more in the leadership role. I think the moral of the story is that even though they are field trainers and we've been recognizing them as great in the field, they do need preparation for this new role and how it's different and best practices that they can use for teaching all of their knowledge to someone else. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. How do you prepare your field trainers? Reach out to us on LinkedIn and uh, we would love to hear your comments. Thank you for joining us for this week's Train Smart podcast, where we have authentic conversations about med device training successes, failures, and best practices. Help others find us by subscribing via your favorite podcast software and leave a rating and review in iTunes.